0: Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to IFA Talk today. And there's been some interesting new research out recently, very hot off the press from HSBC Life. And it's shown that more than two out of three advisors believe that financial planning has become harder over the past five years. As a result of tax changes combined with political and economic uncertainty and obviously market volatility Uh, the report is called the three eyes of investable capital which stands for by the way investment for capital growth for income and for intergenerational transfer and we thought it would be really interesting to delve into some of the detail of that today and i'm really delighted to welcome HSBC Life's Head of Onshore Bond Distribution, Mark Lambert, onto the pod to tell me all about it. So Mark, welcome to IFA Talk. Thank you for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you, Sue. Thank you very much for the invite. Very much appreciate the opportunity to talk about our new report for the Advisor Marketplace.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. So let's go straight into the detail then, shall we? Could I ask you then to start off by just giving us a brief overview of the Three Eyes report and why HSBC Life actually published it in the first place?
1: Yes, by all means. Um, I suppose since 2017 we've been very heavily engaged in the advisor marketplace distributing our onshore investment bond and talking to advisors all things around investment bonds and associated trusts. And I felt it was about time that we actually expanded the support we gave to the advisor marketplace and actually broadened the information we supply. So the main aim for the report is to review in depth the role that investable capital plays in the fulfillment of financial plans. Uh, you've mentioned what the three I stand for, and building on that, what the report does is it focuses on the opportunities for advisors and their clients. Presented by the current capital investment landscape and it also outlines the scale and scope for advisors in using tax effective investment wrappers such as onshore bonds. So what we've done in this is we've analysed a host of the tax changes from 2022's Autumn Statement and this year's budget you know, covering income tax, pensions, capital gains tax and dividend taxation and focused on investment for capital growth, income and intergenerational transfer. I think it would be fair to say that last year advisors saw a level of political and financial change that was unprecedented in recent years. Uh, I can't recall any other years where I've seen four chancellors, for example, in a calendar year. Definitely. So what we wanted to do was help our advisor partners understand the impact of that change and to reinforce the opportunities available to deliver some great client outcomes. So we approached Technical Connection, who we work with quite regularly, to help us research advisor and customer views. And as part of this went out to 200 wealth advisors and a thousand end clients who had a minimum of £25,000 of investment capital to get their views. Basically, the advisors we work with have a significant focus on the appropriate use of tax effective investment wrappers, such as the bonds, together with the underlying capital investment products that are out there and available to UK investors. And so providing this report, hopefully we're helping them navigate what's going on out there and basically providing a document that is part reference and part revision the advisor community. And final thing I'd say is, I think it's also fair to say the report is quite timely in assisting advisors with their responsibilities under the new consumer duty, which comes into effect from the 31st of July, and obviously now requires advisors to act to deliver good outcomes for retail clients. Clearly, this is something that all advisors strive to do anyway but if this report can help as they get used to the new rules or to the good.
0: Mm, as you say that really it really is timely at the moment and it is a very detailed report too isn't it so I wonder then Mark which of all the different insights and the themes and the calls to action perhaps that are in the report do, which do you think advisors should be most aware of?
1: There is a whole range, um, very much, I suppose, overarching. We think that the insight from the research would definitely contribute more towards advisor understanding of potential investor concerns and their aspirations in relation to investable capital. So. What it's done is it analyzes the full range of investable capital assets, covering equities, collective investments, unit trusts, OICs, as well as ISAs, onshore and offshore bonds, defined contribution and defined benefit pensions. Then the more tax related VCTs, EIS, 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 structured investments, and even makes reference to the taxation on crypto investments. And what it then does, is it outlines how these capital investments can be structured to achieve intergenerational and estate planning, as well as the role, very importantly, of initial and ongoing advice in ensuring those optimal outcomes from the investment of the end client's capital, and importantly, what the potential for future tax treatment of those capital investments is. In terms of some elements from the research, so. For example, we found that nearly seven out of 10 advisors believe that making investment, taxation and financial planning decisions has become more difficult in the past five years and it was a very similar result amongst end clients with 62% agreeing that they found making financial decisions more challenging.
0: A lot has happened, has not it Mark, in the last five
1: years? Oh, it certainly has. Um, And tax advice with all of these changes that's been going on with the budget becomes more and more relevant. So within that group of a 1000 clients that were interviewed as part of this, our study found that 50% of these were higher rate taxpayers and 32% were additional rate taxpayers. And it's highly likely with all of the frozen allowances that we've got, the thresholds, exemptions, continuing wage inflation, that this is going to increase. So the search for tax efficiency with investments is definitely going to continue, and clients are more likely to want and need advice on tax effective investments. Another statistic, and I suspect an unsurprising one, but almost 96% of clients questioned say that tax efficiency is very important to them in relation to investing their money. And that very much mirrors with advisors, where advisors clearly agree with 98 percent of them saying that their clients believe tax efficiency is important. Our study also found that advisors believe, 35 percent of them, that inflation and taxation, 27 percent of them, are what clients regard as the biggest threats to their invested capital and future well-being, which again, with all that's being published about inflation staying stubbornly high is no particular surprise. In terms of some learning for advisors, we found out during this research that of the 200 we interviewed, 61% told us that they routinely explain the benefit of tax deferment and tax management in relation to investments. So that leaves almost 40% who don't do so routinely, which is potentially a result of the fact that conversations about tax deferment and optimization are not as hardwired into the advice proposition in a consistent way with which client feedback suggests that they should be. So maybe one to address in a particular practice if you feel that you're not regularly mentioning taxation and optimization. It's also reflected in the research with advisors which found that only just over half, 52% said their clients fully used their ISA allowance each year and on average 47% said their clients used their pension investment allowance and only 50% used their dividend allowance which was 2000 obviously dropped. In this tax year Mm -hmm. and a similar number said the same thing when the cgt exemption was up to twelve thousand three hundred. so again we do feel that that's quite an opportunity for advisors to really engage with their clients to show and explain the power of the various tax effective wrappers that they have at their disposal last year's mini budget that outlined 45 billion a year of tax cuts by 26 27 only for the whole program to be scrapped and replaced with 55 billion of tax rises. So that was quite the change when we had uh, the move away from Trustonomics. Um, To be fair, around 10 billion of these tax rises were then unwound in this year's budget. But all of this does show that there has been some significant changes around taxation and the impact it's going to have on people and their financial planning and it's very much hoped that this particular report as I mentioned earlier will be a good and easy point of reference for advisors to pick up and easily get a refresher on the taxation of the structures that they use and especially those that they might not use on a day-to-day basis
0: Mm, that's great and as you say a refresher in some ways Uh, and a reminder of the benefits of so many of these different tax shelters and tax efficient vehicles for investment so I think it's very timely. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. So, Mark, I'd like to round off the conversation with some thoughts from you, please, about onshore bonds. And I wonder what part you'd suggest they should really play in an investable capital strategy. And maybe if you could remind us of some of their key benefits as well.
1: Yes, by all means. Um, We very much view bonds as an exceptionally flexible, tax effective investment wrapper and we very much position them as the kind of investment wrapper that helps to future-proof financial advisor recommendations. So for example, the whole thing of the report, the three Is, there is a place for the onshore investment bond to be used for pure investment growth, which potentially now with the CGT allowance changes and the dividend allowance changes, that could be looked to be used for investment growth at a lower level than previously. They then got the ability through the use of the 5% tax deferred withdrawal allowance available in the first 20 years of the bond to provide some very useful income solutions. Mm-hmm. And then through trusts, there is the ability to use this wrapper as an intergenerational planning vehicle for when clients are potentially in a position to give the assets that they've amassed in the bond away. And as we all know, with other trusts such as discounted gift trusts, where clients have an immediate liability to inheritance tax, you can use a discounted gift trust to offset a certain level of that. And then for those clients who have got a mind to do intergenerational planning and have some inheritance tax scenarios that they need to address but want to keep hold of their capital, you've got the loan trust available to you, so you've got access to the original capital you invested, but at least get any growth starting to grow outside of the individual client's estate. Uh, In broad terms, onshore bonds are well-established, and we very much do think that they provide holistic financial planning opportunities to advisors. In terms of their structure, lot of advisors will know but their life insurance policies which enable customers to invest a lump sum these lump sums can be topped up they do then invest in a wide variety of funds obviously we would suggest an open architecture bond like the HSBC life one where you've got access to unit trusts OICs ETFs and investment trusts provides the broadest possible opportunity to put together an investment solution that fits in for the client. Um, And there's another range of scenarios where you've got the ability to assign bonds. You can undertake fund switches without any additional reporting or taxation, which isn't as easy with a general investment account, for example. So there are a whole range of scenarios which We'd be very happy to talk to advisers about about how an onshore investment bond structure can fit into their clients investment planning requirements.
0: Mm, it's a good reminder and I think in today's market out there, they're quite often overlooked by advisers, aren't they?
1: They certainly have been. I think this budget has showed and uh, there's going to be a bit of a renaissance of them. There's always been a core pool of advisors who've understood the power of the onshore bond and very much used them in conjunction with those trusts for intergenerational planning, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. But now I think there's more realisation that they may have a place to play for pure investment growth and also supplementing income for people who start to step back from full-time work or even in the early stages of retirement because they might want to leave their pension growing in that tax-free environment and utilise other wrappers like bonds, ISAs to start off their income needs in retirement. Mm,
0: And as you mentioned earlier the benefits of the open architecture structure really do play into that don't
1: they? Definitely because now you've got bonds where you can in most instances, undertake the same type of investments that you would in your pension and your ISA and your general investment account. We do have to be careful as an onshore bond provider that any funds an advisor wants to use won't make the bond highly personalised and have the tax implications of that. But we've currently got around about 3,800 investments that are available.
0: It's a pretty big universe, I think. Definitely. (laughs) Well, Mark, that's gone very, very quickly today, that conversation. I would really like to thank you for taking the time to talk to us about the report. I think it's an excellent report and I think that it's a great place for our listeners to, to refresh the knowledge that they have about the different tax efficient wrappers and also to just get another step on the due diligence ladder ahead of consumer duty, winging its way to an office near us very soon so mark thank you again we'll put the link to the report of course in the show notes and on the website and very very grateful to you for talking to us today
1: thank you for the opportunity sue
0: ifa talk is for investment professionals only all material has been carefully checked for accuracy but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies whatever appropriate independent research and whatever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast and value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.